Hello, Joanna. Hello, Nate. And hello to all of you. As you're probably aware, we are Stranger Than. And if you're not, thanks for listening. Yeah, we're Stranger Than. This time, we will be talking about more tales of the Old West. Mm-hmm. That was a fun episode. So it was, and there's a lot of tales. There are many, many tales to tell. Today, I'm going to be talking about Paul Bunyan. If you're from America, you may have an idea of who that is. If you're not from America, you still may, but I guess there's less likely of a chance. He was a big guy. He was a big guy. He was a real tall lumberjack. He had a an Isn't he the one who had the, the blue ox? Yep, he hung out with a large blue ox named a babe. And then another person, which I didn't know about from the stories, was his friend that was a clerk and inventor named Johnny Inkslinger. He invented office machinery that made office work more efficient. His fountain pen had a tube running from it to a bucket of ink so he wouldn't have to use an inkwell or whatever. Also, he didn't cross his T's or dot his I's because it saved so much on ink. Wow. Babe was so big that when Paul would ride him, he'd need a telescope to see Babe's hind legs from where he sat. As America became more and more populated, Paul would have to stop riding Babe as his hooves were fucking up settlements. Oh, wow. Because he could, like, crush, like, a whole sediment yeah. settlement with Just one hoof. Walk on through it. Probably crushed a lot of people. That was probably unfortunate looking. Yeah, yeah. Just a giant hoof print with, like, flattened... Bits, maybe. splatted out. Whatever parts didn't stick to the hoof. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Of course, Paul Bunyan was not real. He was a folk hero talked about by North American loggers. The stories say that he was born in Bangor, Maine. Oh, that's an awesome right? name. <laughs> Even large as a child, it took five storks to deliver him. Five storks, huh? It's believed that Paul is a combination of two real people in history, both French-Canadian. Fabien Fournier, or Saginaw Joe, and Bon Jean, whose full name is thought to be where Bunyan came from. Bon Jean, Bunyan. Bon Saginaw Joe moved to Michigan after the Civil War ended to get down with some logging. Apparently it was a lot more lucrative there than it was in Canada. He was six feet tall, which was pretty damn tall for the time. It's said he had two sets of teeth as well. And what? he liked to fight. He actually met his end in a fight in 1875 Bay City, Michigan. Well, you know, if you have two sets of teeth, it's okay if you get a couple knocked out in a fist fight. Yeah, because you've got extras. <laughs> you've got those extras. Yeah. I'm really, I'm at this point, I'm ruining the fact that I had my wisdom teeth removed in the first place because... You could use them now? I could actually use those now on one particular side where I've had to have a couple of pulled and then oh, one yeah. just like broke off at the root. That's right. I remember that. It's still fucked up. It's actually Lovely. the little filling ha fell out like two weeks ago and I've been so fucking insanely busy. I have not even <laughs> called to be like, hey. That's and I, great. And I'm just waiting for the moment when it's going to suddenly overnight become searing pain. Yeah. And I'm like, can you just not, Joanna? Like, just. <laughs> We'll fucking just, uh, call the dentist, but every day I get into work and it's just nuts and... Well, you know, get some hydrogen peroxide and keep it clean. I still have to deal with that. But yeah, considering all the space that I now have... Yeah. Like, I'm like, You could dude, use I could totally have tooth used or two. a wisdom yeah. tooth. At least on this one side. Damn it. Well, I guess next time. 
<laughs> bon Jean was a participant in the Papineau Rebellion in Quebec, 1837. This was a rebellion against British rule for a more American-style government. This was unfortunately not successful. However, Bonjon is noted as a hero in the rebellion. The rebellion. Yeah, the like failed rebellion. The failed rebellion. Yep. Well, we've had a few of those. That's true. We have. It took it takes some time to uh, throw off the yoke of an oppressive government. Sometimes it does. It's we did it pretty good the first time. I don't think. I mean, there was a few clashes before the American Revolution proper, but you know, we did a pretty good job. A lot of places took some time and. We also did a pretty good job if you think about the Civil War, and it's hard oh, to yeah. say we because that was technically all Americans, but it was this whole faction that did, you know, they thought the government was being oppressive by, right. by saying, like, you know what, I think we're going to be done with slavery now. Like, no, we can't have that. <laughs> I mean, there, there's the whole thing of it, like, technically didn't start over slavery, but it was a huge part of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a giant part of it. It was a giant part of it because it was about money and and, it, all, of... and all the money that they made, the rich plantation owners made off of slavery. Oh, yeah. And, and stood to I lose mean, there they was... actually had to pay them wages. And there were uh, decades of, of this whole slave versus non-slave states mm -hmm. and trying to keep everything balanced and just terrible oppression of an entire group of people that should never have happened absolutely but it was pretty hardcore i mean they it was they, a whole they felt that part of you know americans felt that another part of american government was, was wrong, so oppressive yeah. that we had a big old fucking war about it yeah a very rebellion was crushed yeah <laughs> there <laughs> were some camels in, involved <laughs> <laughs> to put it in star wars uh talk but yeah, that was a pretty big deal. A, yeah. a huge amount of American lives were lost over yeah. it. In terrible ways, man. In terrible just ways. So I'm just I'm just kind been. of hoping that it doesn't ever have to come to that again. I think everyone hopes for that. Because uh, that's pretty crazy. The first story of Paul Bunyan was published in the Detroit News Tribune, July 24th, 1910. So, kind of close to when we're recording this. In a couple weeks will be its anniversary. By James McGillivray. After that, he went from local folk tale to national legend. He's been the subject of many books, cartoons, and even poems. Mm. I believe Robert Frost wrote a poem about Paul Bunyan. Did he really? Robert Frost. I'm, I'm fairly certain. Yes. That is impressive. Yeah. So Robert Frost writes some really good stuff. He's a uh, he's a pretty renowned poet. Mm -hmm. What about Walt Whitman? Got any Walt Whitman Paul Bunyan poems? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, didn't actually like put any of that in my notes. I just remembered that. Yeah, and I and it's, my memory's faulty. Maybe that's not even the case. Who knows? Well, that you know, that's just coming with old age. <laughs> that's right, old age and marijuana. <laughs> Here's a story about some of Paul Bunyan's exploits. Or maybe you'd say adventures. He wasn't really an exploitive person. It wasn't very adventurous either, to be honest. <laughs> well, some of the shit he did anyway. He just liked to work. So it's like, eh, is that, that seems like a pain in the ass. But anyway. It's like he's the classic American with a great work ethic. <laughs> the classic French-Canadian. <laughs> French-Canadian-American. But, you know, I mean, it's like that's been the American way for quite a while. Right. Well, yeah. 
Traditionally, work, work, work. traditionally speaking, Paul had just finished up some logging in Astoria, Oregon, when a person he'd met when he first came out west paid him a visit. He'd been asked to do some work for the man, Mr. Rainier, but had forgotten. Paul was a pretty busy dude. Regardless of that, Mr. Rainier was sitting in the office waiting for Paul all day. I'm not sure what kind of office. Maybe a logging office. Maybe that's where Johnny Ingslinger was working. I don't know. At any rate, Paul finally got there and he and Mr. Rainier made some small talk. Several hours of small talk. They talked about the weather for some time and they talked about work for some time and it got to the point where they just didn't have anything more to say. And that's when Mr. Rainier finally got to the fucking point. He wanted Paul to help him dig what was going to be called the Puget Sound. That is just riveting. <laughs> the Puget, right? <laughs> the Puget Sound is the body of water that Seattle, Washington is on. Other major cities on the Sound are Tacoma, Everett, and Olympia. The Puget Sound is an inlet of the Pacific Ocean and part of the Salish Sea, which also contains the Strait of Juan de Fuca and the Strait of Georgia. The Salish Sea is basically the northern half of the Washington State coast up into British Columbia. I love Astoria. Astoria, yes. Have, I you, have I mean, you been there before? Yes, I have. Yeah. The whole northwest is pretty pretty. It is pretty pretty. There's a lot of pretty places. Yeah, from northern visit. California all the way up into Canada. It's all green and woodsy and nice. Mm -hmm. You go over the mountains and it's deserty. It's really weird. Yeah, it is. It's it's very strange how that just suddenly happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got rainforests, desert, um, almost every sort of land here in Washington. Wetlands, all kinds of crazy shit. Oh, man, this is like getting to me. <laughs> I'm going to be leaving this soon. Yeah, but you'll be able to come back. You always go on road trips. That's true, and I do love the other places that I go to. I just haven't ever lived in one, so to speak. That's yeah. A, that's a big thing to like live in an entire different part of the country. Environment. Yeah. Definitely. It's not like this is like the fucking UK or something. No. Lo love you guys. Love you. Great place. But kind of one of those it's places. It's a long. It's, it's about the same everywhere you go. Like yeah. weather and terrain wise. Yep. Yep. So. It's because it's significantly smaller than yes. the United States. The United States is a fucking huge place. Mm-hmm. With many, many different kinds of lands. I bet Paul Bunyan just loved it. Well, yeah, he did probably. I mean, we'll talk about his, how what Babe thought of the Northwest in a little while. <laughs> so it goes that the government had given Puget Construction Company two years to finish the project of building the sound. And uh, 22 months in, they were well behind schedule. Shocking for a construction company to fall behind. I know. That, like, almost never happens. I know, right? Anyway, the government was pressuring them for reports on the progress of the project, which they didn't want to give them because they weren't going to be good. And this is why Rainier was enlisting Bunyan to help, which he agreed to do, by the way. Uh, he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come do this. I don't have the proper experience. I only really know how to log, but here we go. The men, the other men involved in the deal, in addition to Rainier, was Puget, the owner of the construction company, Old Dad Hood, and Mr. Elliot. Is that why they have the Hood Canal? Yep. And maybe Mount Hood? We'll talk about it all. Oh, okay. Almost all of it, anyway. <laughs> uh, and Mr. Elliot, Elliot Bay. A guy with badgers and catapults that had been doing all of the digging up to this point. Badgers and catapults? Badgers and catapults. That sounds really badass. It sounds like it's pretty cool to watch. However, it's not very efficient. I would think badgers would be really efficient. Only if they're big badgers. It doesn't mm -hmm. mention the size of the badgers. I imagine they're a bunch of regular-sized badgers 
that are just loading dirt onto a catapult and launching it. And so it's just not, yeah. You need like rocks, like big boulders for a catapult to be effective. I think. Maybe. I, as long as it's packed tight, I'm sure it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just launching the shit out of the sound, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, I guess it's not really being used for battle purposes. No, I, no. I keep it's, forgetting it's like being how used for excavation, like, which... G-rated this story is. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, these guys had a fat contract to get the sound built. And they were going to give Paul some money, and they are going to split the rest themselves. So as I said, Paul agrees to do it, and he heads up to Seattle. He was pretty disgusted when he showed up to find nothing but badgers and catapults to dig with. <laughs> uh, so he needed a plow and a scraper. That's what, that's what he needed to finish this job. And remember, this guy is fucking huge. So they needed to build some of these, and they had to be big for this big-ass dude. His friend uh, in uh, Pittsburgh, Andrew Carnegie. He was the man to contact, so they contact him to make this fucking plow and scraper. It took up a year's worth of steel and six months of time to put this shit together, and then uh, it had to be shipped out all the way from Pittsburgh to Seattle, which took 16 mogul engines to get it across the country. The mogul engine is the steam engine used in trains, just like your classic steam engine. So 16 of those goddamn it's got things. got it black with a smokestack in yep. the front. Mm-hmm. A guy going doot doot inside. Yeah, he was wearing striped overalls. Uh, he fucking better be. Unfortunately, these tools weren't large or strong enough for Paul to use. They needed to be. <laughs> you said the tools, like I mean, yeah, yeah, they strong need... tools. They need to be strong, and they weren't strong enough. They weren't strong enough. Nope. That's unfortunate when they just didn't. You get a weak tool. <laughs> couldn't support the tonnage that it needed to support. Not to worry. Paul has another great idea. Him and Babe are going to go to Alaska. They're going to grab a fucking glacier and they're going to bring the glacier down because glaciers are really great at digging all sorts of bodies of water from streams to oceans. But they're really slow is the problem. Well, yeah. But is he going to speed him up? Well, he and Babe go to Alaska. They grab a glacier and they drag it down to Seattle. And as it turns out, that was a great idea because Paul used the glacier to dig Puget Sound in no time. Now, before he got the glacier, at one point, when him and Babe were working with the shoddy tools, you know, he had put the plow, lashed it to Babe, mm-hmm. and Babe was walking around. Well, a school teacher was on her way home, and she had a pink parasol, and uh, that spooked Babe. Mm. And so... Did he stomp her to death? Well, no, it was actually Old Hood's daughter oh. that, that, had, that had the parasol, and so Babe bolted, and in order to stop him from running off, Paul had to dig a foot into the ground. And that's how Hood Canal was made. Oh, I see. I feel like that story was just to kind of gloss over the fact that they removed a glacier from Alaska. Can you imagine what effect that had on the local wildlife? I wonder if they brought the glacier back. I don't know. I don't know either. They didn't really say much about the glacier. They didn't say anything about the glacier after that. Then it was just some propaganda story. About... Probably, yeah. You know, you know how it is. <laughs> yep. Also, Babe doesn't like the color pink. Babe the Blue Ox doesn't like the color pink. Now, interestingly, it wasn't until the 1940s, so the baby boomers as babies, that blue ended up becoming the color for boys and pink for girls. Pink was actually used for boys quite a bit. In the 1800s, it was considered a masculine color because it was just light red. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. Colors being masculine or feminine is fucking stupid, regardless, but it's still a, a weird a weird fact. And It, it is. It didn't seem like... There was a big push 
to make like big like the big blue didn't push it mm-hmm. and big pink wasn't like we're taking girls or anything it was just people in america at least just started buying blue for boys and pink for girls it just sort of was a thing that happened just, almost organically i yeah. guess i mean i'm sure maybe there was some weird push somewhere but i don't really know uh, i didn't really look too deep into it and we just weren't alive for that time yeah the time and- when it was like Changing from blue to pink, a major yes. thing, like kind of culturally. I wonder if that for a uh, long time. maybe that was some sort of uh, wartime propaganda. Who knows? Because <laughs> that was right around World it's War. Like, II. how is it just like trending for so long, and then all of a sudden it's like no, switch, switch it. it, switch, switch it, up. it. Another reason that Babe freaked out about the parasol was that he was he was a little surly. He wasn't the normal. He wasn't a, a a nice ox. Well, he wasn't a normal ox that he had been in in some of Paul's past, I guess, jobs, adventures, <laughs> whatever. Uh, he was he was a little bit surlier here in Washington. People and, generally are. Well, it's because uh, <laughs> his feed kind of sucked. The shit he was used to eating didn't grow so well here in rainy ass Washington. The rain here was described as Chinese rain. Chinese rain? At How's that? first, it sounds like it's going to be some fucking 1800s racist bullshit, mm-hmm. but it's actually based more in kindergarten logic. Remember thinking that you could dig a hole to China because it was on the other side of the planet? Oh, okay. Same mm-hmm. concept. They couldn't figure out how the ground could get so goddamn wet with rain only falling from above, so it must also be falling, coming up from below. Because it's raining there at the same time, so whatever's going down is also coming back yep, on the yep. other side. Okay, okay. Now, they did call it yellow rain, and that's pretty racist. That is pretty racist. But the idea that. is not really. It's, like I said, kindergarten logic. Well, they're digging up the sound, you know, and... With the glacier. With the glacier, and then, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. before... I mean, so what with the catapults and with the, the plow, and so something had to be done with all the dirt. And so Congress approved an idea that allowed for a mountain to be built for Tacoma. You know, it Seattle gets be... a sound, so Tacoma's going to get a mountain. A dirt mountain. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's what Tacoma deserves, not an actual <laughs> mountain. The place is just a blight upon the earth. So Babe is getting surlier and surlier because of the bad feed. Right. Probably because of the, you know, the It's the all muddy... wet and moldy. Yep. And then also, he's been feeding them hotcakes. Paul loved hotcakes, which is just another word for pancakes. And uh, I guess Babe wasn't digging the soggy Washington hay and the hotcakes were on the menu and it's just fucking making him crazy. I'm sure his stomach hurt like a lot. And that's Probably. unpleasant. Well, I mean, the, like, likes that. they would grease the pans by like having a whole bunch of men strap ba- slides of bacon to their feet and like skating across the pan. And I mean, it, it was a whole ordeal to make these hotcakes for this big ass dude. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so, because, I mean, they have to be giant size, so yeah, that involves a lot of greasing. Yep. You don't want the pancakes to stick to the pan. Not at all. Because that's just a hassle. So we've mentioned Babe is surly. So at the south part of the Sound by Olympia, Paul stops this surly-ass ox, because he's going to plant oysters, because mm-hmm. that's how you make oysters, is you plant them. Yeah, uh, everyone knows that. Now, he's putting the oysters there because... That's where Olympia was. That's where the or is rather. That's gonna the state capital. And so he was like, "Oh, I want the you know state officials to always have fresh oysters for their you know dignitaries that come by fucking Washington." And also as an aphrodisiac, maybe, aphrodisiac. maybe. Well, the ox decided that he'd had enough and just stops moving. And uh, so that's why the sound does not connect to the Columbia River. That's was Paul's original idea. But he's just like, fuck this. I am done. Done. I 
fucking out done. Strung hotcakes, can't get any good feed, been doing all this work. You guys can go fuck yourselves. 100% you guys can fuck off with that shit. I'm done. Yep, okay. I don't blame him. And this was fine because Paul was ready to go do some work for the city of Bellingham. They also wanted a sound, but a guy named Baker wouldn't move his homestead. So Paul tried to get him to move, and he still wouldn't move, and they even hired a lawyer to try and one of those double-talking lawyers, you know, they're able to say things forwards and backwards at the same time. Oh, yeah, they're smooth, those guys. And the guy still wouldn't move. Well, Paul gets pissed because he wants to do the work. Dude won't move. So he beats the fucking shit out of the guy and puts him in the hospital. Wow. Yeah. That's so unlike Paul, it seems like, at this point. Beat him to a pulp. Was he, he drunk? Was, it's like, it I don't think like so. He, he would get mad drunk. But he was just, and but this guy was in there for several weeks. But this was enough time for Paul to dig the sound, but he didn't just take all of Baker's land. He put Baker's land, all the dirt that was Baker's land up on a pile, and that's how we have Mount Baker. Okay. Well, Rainier, Elliot, Puget, and Hood, they got the money from the government for getting the sound built in time, and or at least built, and they went up to Deception Pass to meet Paul to give him some, his cut. Once they had the money in hand, however, they didn't really want to part with it. They thought that perhaps they could talk Paul out of some of his cut. Well, Paul just sat there and listened to them try and scam him, and he just started taking scoops and throwing him back into the sound. When they realized that he was liable to fill the whole sound back up, they coughed up the cash real fast. Apparently, a part of the deal was also they were going to hook Paul up with some tobacco, because he loved to smoke his pipe. Well, they gave him a trainload of shitty tobacco, so he kept kept filling the sound back up. They got his him the good tobacco real fast, and that's how we have the San Juan Islands. Wow. Yeah. So, he was used as sort of a reason for geography that had always been there. Mm-hmm. And then people had... Hey, no. Paul Bunyan created <laughs> right. the beautiful landscapes of the Pacific Northwest. Right, a okay. white man did it. It wasn't just already there. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, and obviously Paul Bunyan worked for God. I'm sure he was... A, they you know. uh, don't talk much about... Well, as as far as I know, they didn't talk much was. about the church, the, him in, in the church or anything. And I mean, I guess there was a lot of stories of him getting pissed off and and, and that sort of thing. I mean... He wasn't necessarily a nice guy. He was just a honest, hard-working God damn dude. damn it, I'm Paul Bunyan. All he did was work. Mm-hmm. All he did was work. So, you know, just sort of a tall tale. I really didn't know that it was, there was a lot, so much of Washington. I knew kind of maybe South. Yeah. And like Midwest. South, Midwest. But yeah, no, a lot. I mean, it makes sense because there was a huge logging trade here in Oregon and Washington and Northern California. There were a lot more trees here. I guess that is everywhere I've seen stuff about Paul Bunyan. Yeah. Been on a lot of road trips through all those places. So. Oh, yeah. There Paul Bunyan are, is, a, is a familiar sight out here. You see statues of him, like big-ass statues of him and Babe the Blue Ox, many different places, uh, all across the country, really. He's like Johnny Appleseed. He's <laughs> an American tradition, kind of. Yeah. Despite the fact he was probably a French-Canadian dude. Right. And Johnny Appleseed was an actual person. Johnny Appleseed was an actual person. <laughs> if you're a Patreon subscriber, we do we did a whole episode on him recently. Yes. Mm-hmm. For five bucks a month, uh, you can listen to, I think, about 
Oh, 15 a, bonus episodes, 16, 18, by now. You know, I like actually that. listened to a couple when I was driving to Spokane that I still had like downloaded on oh, my nice. phone. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, there's many stories about Paul Bunyan, but that's about uh, all I have for him. All right. Well, thank you for that informative talk on... A tall guy. A tall guy. Named Paul. I'm going to talk about the Lost Dutchman's gold mine. Not to be confused with the Flying Dutchman. What's the deal with Dutchman being in the title? I don't understand. The Dutch were a large colonial power, so maybe because there was so many mm. ships of theirs, it was common to see a Dutch ship, so... Yep. Maybe and were... I guess the, the, the Dutchman here refers to a guy who is actually from Germany, but they think maybe when he would say where he's from, you know, that's Deutschland, Deutschland. Yeah, yeah, and he would totally. say Deutsch, so they mistakenly thought he was Dutch and called Since... him the Dutchman. So, yeah. I can see that. I mean, people mm -hmm. didn't really realize that Germany would, they call it Deutschland. Right. Man, and what you mentioned, it just makes me sad every time I think about Dutch colonialism, which is... Yeah. I mean, it's definitely on <laughs> par with, like, American and English colonialism. It's just... Colonialism is bad. Right. I just think... I don't think uh, the some of the atrocities committed under dutch colonialism is as well known or maybe not just not in america maybe they know it more in europe probably yeah mm -hmm. it's a legend it's never been found the treasure hasn't been found yet it hasn't been found yet it's known as america's deadliest treasure and it's located in the Superstition Mountains. The Superstition Mountains. Where are those? Those are in Arizona. Ooh. Near Phoenix. Okay. I was actually, it was on my to-do list for the Phoenix trip we were supposed to have for my oh yeah my son Jarek's lacrosse tournament that never happened because C of COVID. Yeah. We were going to be in Phoenix, and I was 100% like, oh, my gosh, I want to go to the little shops, and I want to see the mountain. I'm not going to do any hiking Right, no, mountain. it's hot as shit. It is hot as shit. It's hot as shit at 3 a.m. <laughs> but it also can get freakishly cold suddenly upon, up, up in the mountain. And part. depending upon the, yeah. the time of year as well, yeah. And, yeah, that's just not a good idea because a lot of people meet a bad end if you go hiking in the Superstition Mountains or if you are attempting to find... The Lost Dutchman's Gold Mine. Yeah. Which a lot of people have done, like a lot. I'm people. sure. I'm <laughs> sure. According to the U.S. Forest Service, the Superstition Mountains area is actually the most rugged wilderness system within the United States. Really? Yes. And about four or five hikers die each year. Wow. So that's, that is the most like it was before there were people here, pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And I got this off of McShaneMetalProducts.com just because I'm going to state a few facts verbatim off of their All right. website. The reasons that it's so dangerous to prospect for gold or just go hiking up there is that the mountain's magnetic rock wreaks havoc on compasses. Oh, yeah. Summers in the superstitions can be fatally hot and winters deadly cold. Cell phones won't work in the higher elevations. And then the mountain's cliffs are treacherously steep. 
if you take a look, I mean, it's beautiful. Oh, I just I'm wanted sure. to go and see it, number one. And then, of course, they have like a lot of uh, little pioneery things set up around them. Yeah, yeah. Come turn butter here. And yeah, whatever and, the fuck. and hear about the legend of the lost Dutchman's gold mine. Yeah. And that's a big tourist attraction, not the fact that so many people try to find the treasure, which a lot of people do, but because of all the people that have tried and failed and continue to try, it draws a lot of tourists too. Oh, yeah, definitely. People like me who have no interest in actually trying to find the treasure. No, like, no. I'm not going to do that. Just want to go see the foolhardy. I just want to go see the foolhardy. Exactly. And the beautiful fucking mountain. Oh, yeah. It's well, gorgeous. Also, also that. It's gorgeous. But that didn't happen. I, I nope. hope I can get out there to see it in person. Well, you'll be closer soon. Sometime. I will be, I You'll guess. be very close, actually. Will I? I think so. I don't know. I'm so bad with geography. I will definitely be closer than Washington yeah. State. That yeah. is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of people who have attempted and a lot of like, oh, I found it, but then something happens and they never find it again. Before we get into all the uh, ups and downs of those who have <laughs> attempted to find the the gold, uh, I'll I'll just give you a brief little history on the mountains themselves and the events preceding all this nonsense, in my opinion. But whatever, whatever foolishness. The mountains are there due to volcanic activity. Since who knows, probably a really, really long time ago before people were around. Oh yeah, millions of years ago, I'm mm -hmm. sure. Superstition mountains were formed, and it's like really, really big, kind of flat topish, but it's got this uh, all these like big, huge pillars, like all over, going up it and around the base. Just these like giant stone pillars, so it's kind of it's very treacherous. There's lots of caves as well, and you can find ancient petroglyphs on the caves. So kind of so like your... It's been, it's been a native, you know, hangout for a really long time. Thousands of years, probably. Thousands of years. And that whole area was like Arizona, like New Mexico, like that kind of area was pretty kind of a hot spot for natives back in the day. I believe the Hopi Indians lived around there, mm -hmm. as well as a couple other tribes the hopi yeah, indians being I mean, the as, ones that are like as far as indigenous people i think it was a more heavily populated area than other parts of the country maybe where it was harder to live yeah yeah i went down to valley of fire state park and it's just gorgeous it's i don't know like 50 miles or so outside of vegas yeah someplace right around there is supposed to be uh, the way to get into the hollow earth remember Oh, yeah, that's right. And they yeah. filmed a lot of stuff out there. So, oh, yeah. But, yeah, one of the greatest parts was all the petroglyphs and all these, like, caves, like, just that naturally formed within the rock. And they would just, they didn't actually live there, but they would go there, like, as, like, vacation. Totally. <laughs> so that's awesome. So I think that was... Ancient hotel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think something similar was going on with the Superstition Mountains. Totally. It's just, like, a place to go hang out and have a nice time. The Pima Native Americans held the mountain in some respect and also in fear because they thought instead of you know an eruption in lava maybe forming the mountain they thought it was from an ancient flood oh yeah the people that were living there they turned into the stone pillars that are all over wild yeah mm -hmm. the water turned them into stone damn near every culture has a flood story yep it's true it's really interesting well, floods, floods like, are bad. It's, it's almost like there was a big flood. 
It's almost like <laughs> that happened, yeah. Well, obviously, some happened enough to where it seemed like maybe not giant floods that wiped out the whole population of people, but probably enough uh, whoever, you know, wrote all these legends or whatever, of which there are probably many people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably in real life experienced devastating flooding. And so if it if it is made up, that's like one of the worst things you can think of at the time when you're one of those people. Natural is like disaster. A natural yeah. disaster because that's. This yeah. is all very similar. It's mm-hmm. always very similar. Like usually it's like it's being done on purpose and there's usually someone or something saving some of the things or like providing shelter or something. It's mm-hmm. very It's either God or it's the fucking mountain or, or whatever <laughs> whatever this shit, you know? It's it's really interesting. And especially because they are the stories are are very are so similar in places that didn't have any contact. So for instance the flood story from like Mesopotamian myth. Mm-hmm. Well, I can I can see how that would have eventually gone down to you know the uh, Jewish and Christian traditions, just because mm-hmm. it all happened in kind of the same area. So these people who are writing these stories for the Bible and all that kind of thing would have been familiar with some stories that were you know taken from thousands mm-hmm. of years before. Yeah, we should do a whole flood episode. Yeah, legends of the floods. <laughs> As well as the Pima tribe, there was also, I saw them referred to as Yavapes, but also Apache, or Apache slash Yavape, so I'm not sure which one is actually supposed to be correct, or if they both are, but... One is probably the name given to them, and one was maybe the name they called themselves. Could be. They also utilized the mountains, and eventually, like, when white people are coming over and fucking with their shit all the time it was kind of a stronghold for them right like a place where they could kind of regroup and and be away from yeah like a like you a, know white awfulness yeah, <laughs> like a b-site or something you know yeah get their shit together and come back out and enforce or whatever or just not pee around a bunch of mm-hmm. people and there, trying to and kill there, them. Yeah, and there's some some fucked up shit when it, it starts getting to be the 1800s. Oh, yeah. I mean. Settlers and the uh, local natives, because that's always the case when yes. the settlers start coming. There were all kinds of wars fought mm-hmm. between American government and mm. the natives of the land. Part of that whole time, though, in 1540, Spanish conquistador, and this is also, I'm going to say legend, because this is not 100% proven. Right. I did see a History Channel thing where they found a Jesuit cross in one of the mines. Of course. Of course. Of course. They did come away with a cross. It yeah. Was, it, was a, it was a long and arduous journey for these three guys and the television crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but they, they got did, a cross. They found a cross. <laughs> found a cross. Spanish conquistador Francisco Vasquez de Coronado led his troops deep into the superstition mountains of Arizona. So you were searching for the seven cities of gold. Yeah. Because that was Coronado's. That was his deal. Yeah, that was the whole fucking deal. All about gold. Yeah, I gotta find the gotta find the gold. <laughs> the natives considered it sacred ground, you know, there's the whole story of the flood and all. Yep. They told the Spaniards that the mountain's thunder god would take revenge on them if they came any further. Like, you better fucking hold your shit up there. Yeah, we got a thunder god up here who's going to fuck you up if you're bad. 
Carry of on. course, he chose to disregard the warning. and As, as they always do. Right. Because they're just like, well, fuck you. I know everything. Like, well, it's you must be wrong because I'm Christian and that's the right <laughs> way of thinking. Leads his men up there. And as soon as they get, you know, like officially in the mountains, the men begin to vanish one by one. They were later found dead and all their bodies were mutilated and decapitated. They should have listened. <laughs> totally should have fucking listened. It's also alleged that when the Spaniards were kind of like driven out of Mexico and then, yeah, there was like that whole Mexican-American thing. Yeah. And there's Jesuits who had to freaking flee the area. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that happens. That happens. Jesuit priests. Yep. Like Catholic oh, yeah. Catholic priests. They, uh... Just for anyone who isn't aware of what a Jesuit is. Oh, right. Yeah. And apparently... They were just like, fuck you, we're not going to return all of our gold that, you know, was, you know, given to the church in air quotes. Of course not. <laughs> Why would you give that shit up? No. So they buried it in a cave in the mountains. Right. That's how the legend goes. And, and that's why finding the Jesuit cross was so, like, major. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. because that means that there was Jesuits they, there. And right. And that means that maybe that's where the treasure is. Mm -hmm. But no other treasure was found, just the cross. So maybe a Jesuit was there. Maybe somebody who took the cross off of like one of their bodies just dropped it there. Who knows? Yeah. Mm hmm. Could be could be one of a million explanations. Yeah, could be. It's not <laughs> no hard. treasure. There hasn't been some huge cache of uh, gold crosses or anything like that. Right. Ornate, you know, golden goblets and the, the kind of like church treasure you would see made out of gold. Maybe there's a crown or two. A scepter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> crosses just crosses galore mm -hmm. now we'll jump back to 1800s time 1800s so we know where the treasure came from well this is and it's not an it's not known if that's the actual treasure that could just be another treasure oh, that's there yeah there's the jesuit treasure that is supposedly there but i guess the lost dutchman's gold was either something he discovered there or it was somebody else that discovered that gold and it was their gold a separate amount of gold like actual gold ore uh -huh. and nuggets the peralta family came from sonora mexico and i guess they were pretty well to do and they would mine the superstition mountains they had a they had a place in there and apparently they had tapped into a shitload of gold mm. which they would collect and take it back down to mexico and then come back and mine some more and this went on for like decades right just Found a nice vein of gold ore mm -hmm. and just going to yep. town. The last time they left the mine to go back to Mexico was in 1848. And apparently the party was ambushed by Apaches and almost everyone was killed except for like a couple that managed to get away. Right. Probably not with all the gold. No, I guess that the Apaches buried the gold and covered up the mine because it wasn't about the gold it was it was about more than the gold yeah definitely <laughs> definitely they weren't robbing them they didn't give a shit about that i'm sure they were more concerned with jack offs being in their fucking land and their sacred <laughs> land and not listening to them when they tell them like you know hey stay the fuck out right and we already asked you, you don't have to go home but <laughs> you can't stay here it's known as massacre grounds 
Oh, that's good. The area, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a, there's a couple of uh, places in within these mountains that start off with the the word massacre. Yeah, and it's just like awesome. Mm-hmm. Great massacre. Cheery grounds. name. Yay. <laughs> this hasn't been proven one hundred percent. There is some evidence that this did happen at first when the remains were discovered of all these people. The um the guy who found it was a uh, named William. Edwards, and he was a U.S. cavalry trooper. They thought it was two tribes fighting each other. Okay, and that and that's what the remains were comprised of was the losing side, I guess. Yeah, whoever lost that fight. But then he saw that one of the skulls had a gold filling, which would not be not consistent a common with Native yeah, American practice. No, no, more common with Mexican aristocrats. Yeah, formerly Spanish, of course. More human remains were discovered, and just the fact that it was obviously probably the remains of some Spanish-Mexican family gives gives credence to the story. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. This guy actually became one of the guys that went hunting for the lost treasure, and his son too, but I don't think that anything actually bad happened to them. There's a lot of names on the list, so yeah. but I'm like, I'm pretty sure I didn't see Edwards come up again. <laughs> <laughs> Not him. Lucky him. Lucky him. Well, let's just get it over with and talk about the other site with the name Massacre in it. And that would be, well, I guess it's actually called Skeleton Cave is what the site is called. But there was a massacre there. And it's called The Massacre at Skeleton Cave. Snappy title. And that is an actual verifiable thing that happened. Because this is when uh, American soldiers came there and shot a bunch of Apaches. Oh, yeah. In one of the caves. This was December 28th, 1872. They had a shelter in what was Skeleton Cave, and Lieutenant Colonel George Crook of the 5th Cavalry took up a position around and in front of the cave. They were told to, you know, like, hey, surrender, come out of there. They refused. And so they opened fire and dropped boulders on anyone trying to get out of the cave i don't know how you drop boulders there seems to be a lot of in- instances where people are pushing boulders at people or dropping boulders and i'm like who the fuck is doing this how maybe it's just a, they've got they're in a Did position Paul above the, there yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe it's a position above the cave and they're just it's not so much boulders it's just like big rocks and it's like making kind i mean of a i guess you can I mean, pick up a pretty big rock that could do some damage if you dropped it down on someone's yeah head, i mean i'm so i doubt there was so much like the big cartoon boulders, you know, <laughs> and no, no Indiana Jones I, shit, but more like a I big, like of. a head sized fucking rock, you know, that could fuck someone up. It can. And you just roll those down a hill and it's, you know. It just seems like you should use the word big rock then. Boulder just kind of implies something like man sized. Right, right, right. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> And who knows, maybe it is. Maybe at the time there were just large man-sized circular rocks laying around like it's, you know, the legend of Zelda and people were just pushing them down on other people. (laughs) About 76 odd men, women, and children were killed. The bones would be left in there for 50 years following the massacre. In 1925, uh, the Yavapes or Apaches go and finally retrieve the bones and they buried them in a mass grave. On their reservation. So the bones aren't there now. But no, they were there been... for a really long time. Yeah. After everyone inside was horrifically murdered. Yes. Yeah. And crushed with mm-hmm. boulders. Yeah. Well, that, I think that falls under the category of horrifically murdered. Yeah, I guess so, that, yeah. That 
I feel like that's well, worse. That's worse than getting shot, in my opinion. Uh, the thing is, is that you got to re- re- remember what they're getting shot with. Oh yeah, these like are the... not bullets. These are circular steel balls. That's right. It's like breaking your arm and not killing you outright. Mm-hmm. So you just get to die of infection. Yeah, slowly mm-hmm. and alone in a cave. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure there was enough that they were probably mostly all dead, but Jesus Christ, like getting shot with one of those was not great. No, but I, just I mean, feel getting like, shot in general isn't great, but well, also getting crushed by boulders is not great. I mean, I guess it's quicker, but you hope. don't, I, but you don't know. Like, no, that's true. They could crush a lot of things before it actually crushes your head and kills you. Getting shot Jeez. by soldiers in a cave in the dark in the winter sounds generally bad. Just everything about it is bad. Yeah. Later on in the 1870s, a man named Jacob Waltz comes into town, and he is the Dutchman, the ah. Deutschman. Apparently, this is when he goes out and finds the secret stash. It's there's kind of two different stories as to how he got the information. One is that he got the location of the gold from one of the surviving members of the Peralta family, because it's just like like five years later. When okay, I guess so it's like not, not too in, much later. Comes so. into the picture. The other is that he was just out there, and he happened to find the gold when they had been murdered, yeah, massacred, yeah. allegedly, supposedly, and their gold hidden away. He actually found that cache of gold. Uh-huh. So that was the gold ore. The gold ore that they were yeah. going to be transporting back to Mexico, except... Uh-huh. So just the raw gold ore. Mm-hmm. There's never any mention after. It's it's all just about, like, gold ore. It's um, the, the whole, like, Jesuit treasure. Uh-huh. That's, yeah. that's finished gold. That's, yeah. That's, that's finished gold, and it's not really a part of the current story beyond that. Right, right. It's not, it's not he part... didn't find any of that treasure. Yeah, he's... It he's... might actually be out there, but the treasure everyone's looking for is his treasure, which was ore. Okay, so Either the that he got ore. It, yeah. yeah. So either it's the Peralta ore, or he was given the location of the actual mine yes, to continue yeah. to mine ore. I see. By a member, a surviving member of the Peralta family. But regardless, it's not finished gold. It's, it's not finished it's, gold. It's raw gold. It's it's not, you know, treasure official. I mean, it is treasure, but... Yeah. Not like you would think of treasure. Like, not treasure! Like, not like dragon's treasure or pirate's <laughs> treasure. Jacob Walls had a partner named Jacob Weiser. Apparently, he died when he was attacked by Apache, but there's also this rumor that Waltz himself, the Dutchman himself, uh-huh. murdered his, his friend and business partner. <laughs> there you go. There can only be one Jacob. There can be only one Jacob, and they both seem to come into town quite often with gold, and the Dutchman generally drank his money away he would come into town and just get drunk for a long time and then him and the other jacob would go back to the mountains and then they'd come back with some more gold he would just drink until he needed to go get more gold yeah and i mean it's just like dude like seriously that's what you fucking did with it right just like i'm i'm disappointed in the fucking dutchman yeah seriously he was just a raging alcoholic he was he was and now everyone's determined to find his fucking treasure right god Probably killed his partner. Yeah, there was a there was another guy that uh, lived in the like a ranch like next door to him, and he was found. Uh, the guy named the guy's last name was Ortega, and he was found dead, like I think in the eighteen eighties or something like that. Huh. And 
dead of a shotgun and and the Dutchman told uh, the investigators that it was like some other guy that shot him. Right. It wasn't me. It was his own shotgun, I think, like Ortega's own shotgun. And it was just like they're laying next to him. But clearly he hadn't shot yeah. himself. Like, uh, I don't know. Somebody just came there, grabbed his shotgun, killed him and then dropped it and ran off. But that totally wasn't the Dutchman. No. His neighbor. No. 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 <laughs> While the Dutchman's going back and forth with his loot, other people are also looking to tap in on the gold within the mountain. One prospector named Joe Deering claimed that he had found some gold, and he described the the cave and the mountain in general as the most god-awful rough place you can imagine, a ghostly place. Ooh. Ooh. He went back into town and he was working as a bartender to save up more money to get a lot of supplies to be out there longer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like get to his gold and be able to actually mine it or what he thought was the gold or whatever. whatever. When he finally got out there, apparently he was killed in a cave-in. Rough. Rough. And I guess wherever he was killed in a cave-in wasn't actually where the gold was, or at least they didn't find it. He never told anyone exactly where it was. Oh, yeah. Well, why would you do that? Why would you? But somehow people know that he died in a cave-in, so... It, it, things get a little blurry. Yeah. You know, well, maybe way found, back then. Maybe, like, a different prospector just found a body. Mm-hmm. Could like, be. Oh, this is old whoever. Yeah, because it takes people a while to be found a lot oh, of times yeah. out I mean, there. There's nothing out there. <laughs> just <laughs> wilderness. Rugged wilderness. About 10 years later, after many years of uh, going back and forth to the mountain, possibly killing one or two friends and partners, drinking it all away, a flood finally takes out Jacob Waltz, the Dutchman's farm that he had, or homestead, or whatever he had out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And he caught pneumonia, and he went to Phoenix, and this... A friend of his was was taking care of him, and he wrote her like a map of his gold, like on his deathbed. Yeah, pneumonia was some serious shit. I mean, that'll take you out. Yeah, I mean, no, there's no antibody. It's 1891 when this happens. His friend's name was Julia Thomas. She apparently sold the map to some people, and that's when when the legend began. Oh, okay, yeah. So he dies. She sells the map. No one is ever able to find it off of this fucking map. Yeah. And no one could ever tell, like, right off the bat, like, what part he was talking about in the map. <laughs> but there is the fact that, like, under his bed, he had, like, a shit ton of gold still. And he, you know, for 15 years or so, had been going back and forth and had lots of gold every time he came back. And after this had been going on for some years... In the, you know, I don't know, probably like five or ten years before he actually died. People would try and follow him and he would like lose them. <laughs> yep. Because they were just eventually like, dude, where's this guy going and coming back with gold all the time? Yeah. So they and wanted to. Yeah. But they he... have things that were made out of the gold ore that was in like a shoebox under his bed when he died. Wow. It was like high quality shit. Yeah. But. No one could find it. No one could find it. So, I mean, there's enough, I guess, to where you can legitimately. He was going back and getting gold. He was going back and gold. Was but it the Peralta where? gold or did he have a, you know, a nice vein tap somewhere? But yeah. where? I don't doubt that there's probably gold in those mountains. There's gold in a lot of mountains, but it's whether you can actually fucking get to it and how many places it's like easily mined from. Like all mountains are full of gold, I'm pretty sure. 
I have no idea. I would imagine. But probably a lot of those veins run really, really deep. Yeah. And the, there's not great access points. It's all about like finding that one spot where it's like close just, to the surface that you can get to. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that might not be a lot of spots. True. Very true. So I get I get it. I get why why people go out looking for it. But I'm just kind of like, mm. <laughs> not there. Too hard. Yeah. Way too hard. Yeah. Way too hard. But that's probably also why it hasn't been found. If it's mm -hmm. there is because it's just too hard to get to. It's too hard to get to. And I mean, it's a giant mountain. With, yeah. And there's one like tons of caves all over the place. And it's one spot in one cave, probably. That's really hard to find. And I think there's it's some... a needle in a, in a haystack made of needles. But you've got to find the specific needle. Right. And there's even some there's even a place there called like, I don't know, needle is in the title for sure. And it's it's significant to where the treasure might allegedly be. But I didn't take that name down. One thing that happens to people that perish on the mountain is that their heads seem to fall off. Ah. Dumb and Dumber. Petey the Bird. Yeah. <laughs> His head fell off. <laughs> Why do you suppose people's heads fall off? I'm not sure. I'm sure sometimes it's probably they don't find them until they're pretty decomposed. And oh, yeah. It could be like animals. Then the neck isn't a really... Mm -hmm. mean. There's not a super meaty area. It's still attached by cartilage, but I would imagine it's gotten pretty dry and uh, yeah. brittle at that point. So probably do some head separation pretty easily. And if they're falling, maybe they're smashing their head around in a way that it's loosening up their neck. <laughs> I don't know. That's lovely. Yeah. And the fact that they're not found directly afterwards. They're not found directly afterwards, and often the body is found before the head, if the head is ever even found. And there's been some heads with bullet holes in them, too. So they, they shot it, and then somehow the head fell off after. Well, if you're leaving the body. Or beheaded. Who knows? The first instance of this was in 1896, so about five years after the Dutchman dies. Yep. A guy named Alicia M. Revis is discovered. Now, he'd been living on the mountains since way back in like the 1870s. Okay, so he was uh He was known as the madman of the mountains. Oh, okay. Dude was just like this crazy, insane, hippie-ish guy who ran around, who lived in the mountains like, a, like as a hermit. Kind of like a Ted Kaczynski type, I guess. <laughs> But he ran around naked, wielding knives a lot, which was, I don't know, apparently he liked to do it, and he liked to do it enough that the local Apaches were just like, you know what, fuck it, like, he can he can live here, it's cool. They probably knew he was crazy, and they're like, oh, mm -hmm. I want to fuck around with a crazy guy? It's like, whatever. It's just... not his fault. <laughs> he doesn't fuck with us, we just won't fuck with him. Yeah, I mean, they tried to make it like, it, like he intimidated them, but I think they were just kind of like, they mar I would see them more as like, just kind of marveling him and like like not in a worshipful way but, right, but just kind of like, like dude what's this guy yeah, yeah. I'm like what's this guy's deal yeah well they probably could recognize <laughs> like no let him stay it's entertaining to watch <laughs> i'm sure they recognized having you know someone who has mental health problems they know exactly Crazy what people it was have but... been around for yeah. a long long time we're not always knowing the reason for it yep. psychologically or sometimes physically like you know been sane with syphilis yep Syphilis will make you crazy. Like I said, the guy was kind of a hermit. Eventually, though, after nobody had seen him recently or whatever friends he had, when every time they went up there to check on him, didn't find him, 
there was enough concern that people went out looking for him and eventually he was discovered uh 1896 although i don't know exactly when he died or how long he was yeah, i'm sure no one does missing. <laughs> <laughs> his remains were found and apparently like his head wasn't like on the body i don't know if they ever found the head but it wasn't there but it wasn't there in 1910 the remains of an unidentified woman were found in a cave and she had gold nuggets next to her, clothes completely off. Hmm. No were clo- they clothes? Were they there, or are they just gone? They're just gone. So naked woman with, with- so naked man <laughs> dies, and then, uh, like fifteen years later, naked woman dies. But I don't think she lived up there and ran around naked. Like who knows? Like as a, like an everyday practice of life. I think it was very unusual. She was just found naked with gold nuggets. Yeah, I don't know. But maybe she did because they never knew who the fuck she was. So there you go. It's just, or if this really even happened. <laughs> I mean, fact and fiction do get a little blurred when it comes to. It's mostly fact, I would say. But of course, long time ago, not great records, and then yeah. there's embellishments about things of this nature. Always. Yeah, even even today, mm-hmm. you, the news should be taken with a grain of salt. Oh my god, should it? That is for damn sure. And it was worse back like a hundred years ago so (laughs) yeah so she just found gold and died of unknown causes i guess as as happens undetermined in 1927 there was one of the incidents there was a couple of incidents with boulders so a guy was hiking with his sons and rocks started rolling down from them from the cliffs above which they were convinced somebody was doing but also, it's like Rocks Fall. That's why they have those fucking signs. <laughs> yeah. That's That happens. That's just an... Sometimes that just happens. Yep. And I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to attribute something else other than... Yeah, I just... It's like, no, that just happens, yeah. like, a lot. Yeah. But according to them, it was as if someone had pushed the boulders. Uh, One of his sons actually ended up getting their fucking leg crushed by it. Oh, great. That must have been... Imagine. Yeah. So maybe that had something to do with, like, you know, this couldn't have just been some random act of nature somebody's at fault for this because yeah it's yeah fucking awful didn't want to believe that it was an accident later that year some hunters would report that they had also been like driven from the mountain because rolling boulders appeared from out of nowhere directly yeah. at them in their path but again could it happen just because it's because, a mountain and yeah, boulders and there's, fall. There's, yeah, rocks fall. Falling rock. Just like the sign says. Yep. 1931, Dr. Adolph Ruth was found dead. His head was also decapitated and also appeared to have a 44 caliber bullet hole in it. That's a pretty sure way to get someone to die. Right. Putting a 44 caliber. 44 caliber bullet in his in the head, and then also removing the head. If it was removed, I mean, it doesn't say that, that it was it, other... I mean, well, it was found separate from his body. Right, but I mean, it doesn't necessarily say that people have been cutting off heads. No, it's just they have seemed to, you know, come off of the body in some way yeah. or another. <laughs> well, just like when people jump off buildings, they they lose their shoes. Mm-hmm. So maybe when... He did you- have a gun on him, but... All of the, the, his gun was fully loaded. Okay, so he didn't get a chance to get a shot off. Mm-hmm. 
or he didn't shoot himself. There's a lot of these weird. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of weird ones that have been all ruled as suicide. In fact, that's what they were trying to kind of push in this case, even though it doesn't make sense because the only gun found near the body was right. fully loaded. And in his, was yeah. it in his holster or whatever? I don't know if it was in his holster, but it was found close to his remains. And fully loaded. He also had a, a checkbook, which had a note saying he had discovered the the mine and allegedly written the phrase, Veni, Vidi, Vici, hmm. which I'm assuming is Latin, and I did not look up the translation. Okay. 1937, prospector named Guy Frank apparently discovered some gold, but he was found dead, apparently from a gunshot wound to the stomach. And next to his body, there was a little bag of some some gold. He had some gold on him, just kind of like the dead lady in the yeah, cave. Yeah, yeah. The proof of at least that he found some gold. Mm-hmm. But it's like, who's shooting this person? You would think it's it's somebody, like, following these people looking for the gold. And then it's like, ah, aha, you found some gold. Well, that's it for you, buddy. I'm going to shoot you and take your gold. Or just then- you come across someone and they're like... I found, like, any luck? Oh, like, oh, yeah, I found some gold up mm-hmm. over there, and then like, bam! Ping, gone. But then you just leave the gold? I mean, isn't that the whole point? Oh, that's true. Yeah, huh. so that's, that's the weird part. It's not so much that they're being found shot dead after allegedly finding gold. It's the fact that gold is actually on them still. Maybe they when... had more gold, and they were only leaving some of the gold so that to kind of perpetuate the, right, it, the it was curse like... or whatever. So people would blame the curse and not yeah. some bandit. He's like, okay, I'm just going to leave a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's it's probably the kind of thing I would do. Like, throw them off. Leave a little bit behind. Yeah. You're like, oh, no, Make they just found think, a little like, bit. No, they found some gold. So clearly that wasn't the motive for killing them. Because I have this other giant sack of gold that they also yeah. have. In 1945, a guy named Barry Storm. Great. Barry Storm. Barry Storm. He writes a book about the Lost Dutchman Mine, and he claims that when he himself was out there, he was targeted by some sniper. Some guy was taking shots at him, uh. but he just happened to narrowly escape. Wow. So he thinks like the same thing happened to Adolf Roof and maybe the guy before or the guy following him. In nineteen forty seven, James Cravey, he flew to the canyons by helicopter. He was like a like kind of a big time adventurer miner. Oh right, okay. Made made some money clearly enough to have a helicopter in the forties. Yeah, no shit. He was set down in a place called Labarge Canyon, close to Weaver's Needle. That was the place I was telling you about. Mm, yeah. The helicopter was supposed to come back for him after a certain amount of time, but when it returned for him, he, he wasn't, wasn't there. there. Yeah, didn't see that coming at all. They found his camp eventually, and it would take, it was like February of 1948 is when his skeleton was found without its head. Wow. Mm-hmm. A good far distance from where his camp had been discovered. It was tied in a blanket, and then eventually the skull was found six months later. Although it states the skull was found 30 feet away, but... Just took him six months to find it? I guess. I guess it took him six months to find the skull that was, like, within oh, 30 right feet. Oh, the but, whole time. But again, you gotta remember the terrain that you're yeah, on. Yeah. So, I mean, 30 feet could actually be, like... Who knows? It could be a different like elevation. Like, on some ledge or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Way down or... But tied in a blanket. 
tied in a blanket. That's that's. I'm pretty sure he didn't do that to himself. Probably not. In 1949, this guy James Kidd went off to find the legendary gold. He was like super filthy rich. Okay, just like Playboy yeah, adventure. Yeah, type. kind of, kind of like the guy before him. Yeah, flying in on the helicopter and everything. But he went out there. Didn't really have a lot of close family or friends. So it's kind of unknown exactly when he went missing and how long he was, you know, like not out there actively looking for treasure, but actually fucking dead. Finally, it was officially reported December 29th, 1949. But no one really how knows. Long, yeah, no one really knows like when it when it went bad. Never was found ever. Never seen again. That doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't really surprise me. It is surprising that he, um, he's one of these guys with like the weird will things. Oh, yeah. So he left a half a million dollar, allegedly, supposedly, left a half a million dollar fortune. And he said that his entire estate would be awarded to anyone who could prove that ghosts existed oh. because he was a real <laughs> big believer in ghosts. That's funny. Mm hmm. I don't think that that's ever been paid out. Who Probably knows? not. <laughs> I don't think anyone's proved it. Not really. yet. Not beyond a reasonable doubt, I guess. That's right. In 1951, Dr. John Burns from Oregon, he was found shot dead. Even though there wasn't any evidence such as like powder burns on the body, which would indicate he'd been shot at close range. Uh -huh. It seemed like he had been shot at a distance. Uh, it was ruled accidental or suicide. Accidental and or suicide. All right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The following year, a guy named Joseph Kelly out of Dayton, Ohio, he went off to find the treasure and not seen again for two years when they found him shot through the head. They found his remains. He'd been shot through the head. There's no mention of the head being removed, though. Right. But, but he was shot through shot the head. Shot through the head. That same year couple of kids, like not little kids, but younger, probably teenager, young 20s. Ross Blay and Charles Harshbarger, they disappeared in the Superstition Mountains. I don't know if they're just out hiking or they're treasure hunting, but nothing was ever found of them ever. All right. <laughs> in 1955, a hunter was found dead, Charles Massey. He was carrying a twenty-two caliber weapon because uh -huh. he was out hunting. Yep. He was shot, although he had been shot right between the eyes with a much larger caliber bullet. Huh. So. But uh, the coroner said it was accidental because of ricochet. Okay. Yeah. It seems like they just don't know, so they're just like. It's like, you know, he must have shot his gun and then went like, boom, boom across the rocks and then yeah. hit him back in the head right square between the eyes and made a much larger hole than it should have given the caliber seems like they're just trying to close cases and they don't really <laughs> seem to care if it's accurate or not well i guess i mean it's everything related to this maybe i mean like what maybe this fucking coroner is just like some like old-timey crusty guy who thinks like everyone going to the looking for the treasure is just committing so much foolishness and it's like, oh, well, if you went Ricochet. out there in the first place, you fucking killed her. You shouldn't have gone out there in the first place, you yeah. know? Oh, found shot dead. Suicide. <laughs> fucking did it to yourself. Maybe. Maybe. 
All right. Another person dead? Oh, well, clearly that was an accident. Uh, it ricocheted. They shot the gun. They did it to themselves. This time on accident, but still. Could be a suicide, too. Could you be a suicide. Know. Could be an accident. Shouldn't be out in those fucking mountains. You should be out working a real fucking job. <laughs> Fuck these guys. <laughs> 1956, another person found dead, shot in the head. Gun was found beneath the body, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like that could still happen even if you shoot yourself. But yeah, you could fall over on it. You could. It was ruled a suicide. Guy's name was Martin Zuyoso. Now, this is like the worst one to me. Well, I mean, they're all bad, obviously. But 1958, they find a campsite on the mountain, and it's just totally abandoned. There's nobody there. They There's been no reports of anyone going out there. That anyone knew of? Just like a random campsite. Or anybody reported missing. Just other people that are are out there just find this campsite with nobody there. There's letters, but the names have been, like, ripped out of them. Oh. There's cooking tools. There's a Geiger counter, weirdly enough. That's for measuring radiation. And everything there, and bedding is like soaked in blood so oh wow everything's like just seems to kind of be in its place except for the names are torn out of the letters and oh yeah all the blankets are like soaked in fucking blood that's crazy did they find they've never found anything found no bodies no bodies that are unaccounted for no nothing wow i mean I, i wonder sometimes if it was the kind of thing that was staged or whatever but if it's real that's fucking freaky as shit yeah if I discovered that, I'd be like, okay, I'm fucking freaked out. Like, I'm fucking yeah, that, out of here. This is officially weird. Mm-hmm. That'd be terrible. That'd be terrible trying to, like, get quickly out of there as safely as possible. Because you don't want to run on the fucking mountain. No. You got to be very careful you when you're the step hell out when you're of there. there. But, oh, my God, you're just trying to move and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Because you just came upon this, like, horrifying scene. scene of and what? like. Is this going to happen to me? Is somebody out there like yeah. watching me right now? Yeah. And that's something people report a lot is, well, either getting randomly shot at or just a sense that they're being watched or they're being followed. That's creepy. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that it's treasure, lots of gold, obviously there's been some personal disputes too that, yep. Yep. like we know who the perpetrator is and everything, but it's still unfortunate. 1959, Benjamin Ferreira killed his partner, Stanley Hernandez. When they thought they discovered the gold, they had found it. It was actually fool's gold. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man, and you, like, killed your friend over it. Right, wow. There was another dispute close to that time. A guy named Ed Piper was shot by Robert St. Marie. He had been hired by this gal celeste marie jones to kill this guy ed piper okay guy goes to kill him and ed kills him instead yeah because it was like murder for hire yeah yeah after edward piper kills robert saint marie he was found dead shortly after Hmm. four years later a guy named vance bacon who was also working for this same lady celeste marie jones (laughs) he fell to his death from the top of Weaver's Needle, and that's where her claim was, was on top of Weaver's Needle. Oh, okay. And so, so he was there. Yeah. Celeste had, I don't know why she had hired uh, St. Marie to kill Piper, but it was probably something to do with her freaking gold. Gold. That, yeah. yeah. Her claim that she had. And then this other guy that ends up working for her 
also mysteriously dies. He just uh. falls off the cliff, right where her claim is. People say they heard rifle shots, but nothing more ever came of that. Yeah. Dispute. Well. <laughs> 1960, Laverne Rowley shot and killed by a man named Ralph Thomas. Apparently in self-defense. Another fight over the gold. Of course. <laughs> in 1960, a group of hikers find a headless skeleton at the foot of a cliff. Four days later, the guy was identified as Franz Harriet, who was a, an Austrian student. His head was also found separately with two bullet holes in it. Ooh. So That's I don't not know, natural causes. I don't know if they identified him because they found the head first or they found the body first, but they were found separately. And then less than a week later, there would be another skeleton found, which would turn out to be of a guy named William Richard Harvey. Cause of death unknown. Doesn't mention anything about the head. Hmm. 1961, Himmler Bowen is found, shot through the head. And then... A couple months later, Walter J. Mowry was found. His body was riddled with bullets, but <laughs> wow. again, it was a suicide. Yeah, of course. Also in 1961, a search goes underway for a guy named Jay Clapp, who had been working on Superstition Mountain for a really long time. He was he was well known to the folks around there. His headless skeleton was found three years later in 1964. Wow. They've never found his skull. Wow. So it's unknown if there's any bullet holes or not, but... Yeah, yeah. Skeleton. Headless. It was headless, nonetheless. 1976. Guy named Howard Poling is killed while he's out prospecting. He was shot. Nothing specific on where, but... He was shot. He was shot. Apparently his head was attached to his body because there isn't a mention of it not being there. 1977. Dennis Brown. Also dead. Of a gunshot wound. In 1964, probably because of all the previous uh, people killing each other and then mysteriously dying and then going out and looking for the gold, it became a state park. And so they said that you can prospect there anymore and uh. that anything you found was going to have to be was going to be property of the state. And that's still the rule today. Yeah. And just because they're like, OK, stop going out there and dying. State park. Eh, state park. There we yeah. go. Mm hmm. Can't fuck it up. And if, if, if you find stuff, it's ours. <laughs> so don't go looking. Mysterious death still continued beyond that point because people just kept on going anyway, looking yeah. for the gold. It's yeah. like people, it's well known that people continue to look for the gold. Just, I guess, maybe if they find it, they're going to not say that they did. Or they're not in it to, find, to actually get the reward. They're just actually keep the for gold the for the attention. To find it yeah. And be like, hey, we found it. Here's the mystery solved. Yeah. That, that would be worth a lot probably today. Yeah. Just finding it in the first place, even if you had to turn it over. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think if I found it, I would uh, hide it, and then I would go to like some other place and be like, "Look, I found gold." I would like <laughs> totally like mine out some other. Like here, here it is. This that's all of it, and this is my claim. So you can't really go and check. Yeah, yeah. That's what I do. Uh, that's what I would do, and maybe somebody has done it. Maybe because. They opted to like, you know what? The fame. I'm. It's not about the fame. It's about the fucking money, right? <laughs> because you can have fame, but not. It doesn't always get you money. Exactly. And fame is a pain in the ass. And gold. That's that's guaranteed. That's a guaranteed. That's money. Win there. That's money. One hundred percent. More people found dead over 
late 70s into 1980. The next one that kind of stands out is 1984, a guy named Walter Gassler. He'd been searching for years. He was found dead, but in his backpack, they found gold ore that was similar in the quality to the to the gold ore that was found under the Dutchman, oh, yeah, Jacob okay. Waltz's bed in yeah, the shoebox. Yeah. It isn't said how he died, though, just that he was found dead. All will be quiet on the mountain, for the most part, except for, I guess, maybe hikers. Hikers and shit, yeah. Dying, I mean. like, causes that can be proven to be natural. Yeah. People have their heads. Until 2009 comes around, and a guy named Jesse Cap'n decides that he is going to go out and look for this gold. Fuck it. <laughs> and, and and obviously he's in it for the fame because he's very public about public. the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Saved up for a long time. Goes out there and disappears without a trace. He isn't found for three years. So 2012. 2012. I'll get back to the condition of the body real quick, but the last people to actually die would be in 2010, die looking for the gold, presumably. Curtis Menworth, Arden Charles, and Malcolm Meeks. They were hiking and allegedly died because of the heat. It was kind of undetermined how they died because they weren't found. The last guy was found in like January 2011. Okay. So at least a year in the elements. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to tell what really the cause was tell. unless it's like something violent or mm-hmm. you know, broken, something like that. So it'd be a full year after that in 2012 when. Jesse Cappen's remains are finally found. And again, it was impossible to determine his cause of death. But Mm -hmm. of note was the fact that his skeleton was like wedged into this crevice, like impossibly like wedged. Interesting. Like it's hard to figure out how he got his body in such a tight space. Unless he fell and as he decomposed that everything kept sliding down. It could be. It's not, you know, it doesn't say how long it was, yeah, yeah. Had, but just that his, he was really wedged in there into the rock <laughs> in, in this really weird, and it was like 30 feet off the ground. Wow. So it was just like. Weird. It was just really weird. Really, really weird. And since then, no one else has died that we know of in pursuit of the, the lost gold. Hikers still go out there and hikers. Hikers die, but hikers die. Just because, so you should yeah. be really careful. I mean, it's yeah. Whether you go out there to look for gold or you go out to have a nice hike, be careful. Regardless, be careful. Doesn't seem to be any um of more of the like accidental or suicides happening. Yeah, what a strange as much out there. What a strange park. Yeah, definitely. I wonder if uh, that's on the missing four one one radar. I wonder if that's a place where things of people have gone missing, like. Probably so, and you want to know what is absolutely fabulous is that last night when I was kind of just like going over notes and trying to put it how I wanted, I put on the TV to have something on there, and there was a new episode oh, nice. of Missing 411 by David Polites. David Polites. Nice. Guys, so fucking legend. It was great. It was all about hunters going missing. It was... Nice. Yeah, I think I have that on, on the Amazon. I should watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was like, finally a new episode, because when I bought it, and I was like, yes, buy season one, four ninety nine. there was actually only one episode. Yep, yep. But 
new episode up just last night. It was great. It was excellent. My theory is I think some of them, I mean, maybe were robbed. Maybe it was other prospectors shooting at them. You know, people are pretty serious about their uh, claims yeah. when it comes and to gold mining. Maybe there's things up there that people are doing. Maybe, you know, they're that are they want to keep people away from. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like, I don't know. Someone's up there making meth or something, and they just got to keep people away from their meth farm. You know, I don't know. They're up there fucking Walter Whiting it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the knows? Superstition Mountains. A lot of the, the gunshot activity that's basically between, well, forever, and it, and it ends around 1978, I guess. Manuel Valdez is the last one listed as murdered, so definitely killed. People are a dangerous animal. They and are. It could just be coincidence. And maybe maybe the legend is keeps people like you're more likely to shoot someone up there because you can. You can get away mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Because it's I feel like somebody got away it. with it in yeah. the 60s and 70s, at yeah. least. I mean, 61, like there was like a lot yeah. of people shot in the head without yeah. their head. But I don't know whether it was one person or entity causing it. I don't know. I know people are serious. I mean, when we go up to Liberty, there's signs like, you know, you better keep the fuck out because there's gold up in those mountains. Oh, yeah. And there's people that have claims out there. And so you have to be careful to, you know, make sure you're looking when you're going going down some road or something that it's not private, somebody's private property because they will fucking shoot at you. Yeah, they shoot first and then mm -hmm. they'll hide the body. Yeah. Mm hmm. And but they're pretty good about warning you like, hey, we're going to fucking shoot you. This is private property. Yeah. Do not step any further. Yeah. No trespassing. There is one more weird thing that is associated, is uh, tied to the, you know, curse of the Superstition Mountains. Uh I wasn't able to 100% prove that this is true, but I thought it was interesting. Nonetheless, one of the worst disasters of the Second World War is associated with the Superstition Mountains. Really? In a strange little tale that like i said i have no idea if this actually is is true or not the roosevelt dam was supposedly constructed using stone from the superstition mountains and while it was being constructed 22 people died wow when the very first water came over the dam it was saved and it was used to christen the battleship uss arizona Hmm. which was sunk when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Many years later. And it's the one that where it's like all the men are, it's still underwater. And oh, there's yeah. All those, there's like over a thousand men entombed in there. Crazy. That's the like, the, that was the big one that they mm-hmm. hit. Yeah. That was the big one. It was the first one and the one that just, yeah, it just, it went down with everyone still, with a lot of people still in it. And they lie there to this day. They've never been able to get to them. Like I said, not a hundred percent, but that's a, an interesting that's story. That's a coincidence at least. That's a strange coincidence. Stranger than, I'd say. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's about it for us today. So thank you very much for listening. Check us out on social media, either Stranger Than or Stranger Than Podcast. Come be a patron, patreon.com slash Stranger Than Podcast. If you have a story or anything and you'd like to tell it to us, Stranger Than Podcast at gmail.com. And also, I, I'm still open to... Uh, cult pledges oh that's right yeah there's there's that there's that as well (laughs) and with that we will talk to you next time and stay strange